This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and we're continuing our series on what's essential for a missional community. And we have Ben Connolly back joining us to talk through uh, the next thing, which is commitment and freedom that every missional community needs to have people like committed to the process, but also needs to be giving people freedom. So we've talked through the gospel and identity is like really important things to weave into a community. But this one I think is often overlooked as well, which is this idea of commitment uh, that people within a community sort of lock arms and stay focused and stay committed to one another uh, as they go about this process of learning how to follow Jesus in such a way that they see their cities and neighborhoods renewed by the gospel. Uh, Commitment, though, is kind of a, it's not a four-letter word, but it's kind of like a four-letter word in our culture. Yeah, I I actually love that you put these two concepts together and saying that the the balance or maybe tension of both is a single uh, kind of necessary element for for a missional community. Because you're right, I feel like many of us will naturally default toward one of these at the expense Mm -hmm. of the other. We love commitment, and so we get so locked in that we don't feel ourselves any freedom, and we don't allow others freedom, and so there's one right way to do it. Or on mm-hmm. the other side of it, we, we love kind of protecting our, our flexibility and creativity and that kind of stuff to the point where um, it's hard to, to go all in. I think you're, you're really wise, Bradley, on putting these. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so then I think, you know, commitment – uh, as you're saying, is kind of this tension. I, I guess both commitment and freedom might be placed on a spectrum. I kind of imagine it as like a X and Y coordinates if you're really into geometry. But on one hand, you have like high commitment where it's everybody needs to like, we've decided how everyone's going to spend all their free time, what they're going to do at work, when they get home, like this is who they're supposed to call and text, like that sort of high level commitment and then on the other end there's this low commitment which is hey man like just do whatever we're so excited like that you're here at all oh you've got to leave uh no worries uh and that kind of seems to be the the spectrum that people find themselves in so maybe from from your perspective ben why is commitment important to a missional community and then what does that like center look like yeah, I think that those are two really important questions. I think that the reality of commitment speaks really to what we believe to be true about some of these other essential marks we've already talked about. Yeah. That if we believe that that we're a family, then it's really hard to engage, you know, as a fa- as a family if we if we can be silly about it, like if a husband and wife stop engaging with each other and start to pull out of their level of commitment to one another, like everybody knows where that ends. Mhm. And and a a missional community, a church family is different in some ways, but in other ways, the scriptures talk about it being an even closer bond than a a, a biological or a nuclear family because it's an eternal family. It's one based on uh, the blood of Jesus. And so the commitment is going to outlast even marriage in some, some very strange way. Yeah. And so I think that 
I don't know, when I think of Acts 2, which is a place that a lot of folks mm-hmm. go to and go, here's what we want our church to look like. The, and we talk about, you know, apostles teaching and prayer and awe and, and, and people coming to know Jesus and that kind of stuff. The very first concept in Acts 2.42, though, says they were devoted to these yeah. things. And so there is a devotion, as we've already talked about in this series, to the gospel, which is the content of the apostles' teaching. But then the very next thing is that they're devoted to the fellowship. Yeah. And then to the prayers and the breaking of bread and the being together and in homes and in the mission field that was the temple and public spaces. And so you just mm-hmm. see this, this devotion being the undergirding of all the activity of, of the church. And you have to go, man, that, that was part of how God bore such fruit. Yeah. Especially if, was it, was it Newbegin who said that the, the community is the greatest apologetic of the gospel? Right. It's us doing this together that, that yeah. is what God often uses uh, throughout history um, to accomplish his purposes. Yeah, and that, that, that I love that you said that devotion might be, that might be the center word or the centering word mm-hmm. that we are devoted to one another, which is totally different than on the same page, I think is often what people run to when they think of unity is like, well, let's all just get on the same page. Let's have the same plan. Uh, but really, I think it's this devotion to one another that, you know, as you're describing, far exceeds like time slots or, yeah, or strategies. They're mm-hmm. really, it's looking to one another with that sort of difference and that relying on each other. Yeah. Uh, and so I think maybe one question, like, essential to a missional community is that the people within it are relying on one another to grow up in their faith, to grow up in their understanding of the gospel, and they're relying on one another for the sake of mission, too. Yeah, when I think of like what is a family, what, what is a mark of a family, it's, it's that I care as much about the health of those around me, take health however mm-hmm. we want to define it, but the holistic like thriving of those around me as I do about my own. So Soma yeah. is a family of churches. We want to be a family of churches that... that you know, cares as much about other churches and others, other pastors, our fellow brothers and sisters' health as we do about our own. And again, like it has to start with that devotion. Yeah. And I think that the question a lot is what are we calling people to be devoted to or to commit to? Yeah. If it's the gospel, <laughs> to go back yeah. a, a couple of podcasts ago, or if it's, you know, who we are because of, of, of who God is or that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's some principles there. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that that often gets that often that often muddies the waters of the spectrum is we call people to specific practices, right? Rather than the principles or the theology or the undergirding behind those specific practices, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that yeah, some of that urgent undergirding of theology is is kind of what what it means to be a human. Like there are things like. Well, we're people with need. To receive the gospel is to recognize need, that, that I am dependent on someone intervening into my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that our theology is like, not only does, does Christ intervene into our stories, but that intervention brings us into a community of people that we also desperately need. And so I think that's the other, the, if devotion is the center between you know, commitment and legalism, you know, it's like devotion is there in the center. I think being dependent is the other piece as well. We we are actually relying on the the help of others and those people are relying on us. And so 
Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's it's hard to have relationship, and that's essentially what missional community is. It's relationships. It's hard to have those without that level of of commitment. If you don't know if the person's going to stick stick it out with you after they've been rude to you, or after you know you see their sin, you're getting you know they're on your nerves now because every time you get together, they're always talking about you know their their problem with their dog or their cat or their child. And you're like, this is so petty. What kicks in then is not, oh, am I committed to Wednesday nights? It's, am I still devoted to this person? And am I devoted to sharing the need with them? So does that mean that I have to babysit my friend's cat? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you never know. You know, I think there's uh, sometimes you do babysit people's cats or, you know, it's like if people have allergies that you're not sure of, uh, if they're really real or if they're made up, you know, it's like, Oh, you're allergic to water. That's strange. You still like show a difference towards them and you meet them where they're at, but you also are calling them forward, which I think is a big piece as well to this commitment is that to, you you can't call people to the truth. If you aren't sure if they're going to be committed after they hear the truth. You know, if you, if you call someone and say to repentance or to faith in Jesus or, or speak the gospel. And if you're, if you're unsure of, oh, if I do that, then they're going to leave. Uh, it makes it really hard to really gain traction. And maybe, you know, for the listeners out there, maybe you're that kind of person though, that, uh, whenever you hear that kind of hard word or people come to you and they don't say it in the proper order, like, well, if they would have, you know, come to me and said, Hey, I really love you first, but they didn't say that. They just came and said, I've seen this in your life. So now I don't have to listen to them. And if you're the type of person that keeps bailing on communities, it might not be like your community's problem. It might be like your problem with committing to fellow believers uh, and being devoted to them. And and then to just to play the, play the other side out as well. If you're someone who, you know, consistently sees people come in to your, to your life or your community for, a, a short season, but often then move on, whether to another community or kind of back out, you, you know, what are, what are you calling them to commit to? Um, are there, are there things that you are relying on as being the one way to, to flesh out this biblical principle or to, to enact this part of the the life of a disciple of Jesus, that kind of stuff that, that frankly may be beyond someone's ability, at least in this season to do it exactly like you do it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, are you, are you expecting people to go from, I don't even know how to quantify this, but zero to a hundred in, in, yeah. in one week's time versus being, you know, let's talk about another spectrum, like grace and truth. I don't think Jesus coming as the embodiment of grace and truth is ever meant to be a spectrum, but I yeah. do feel like very often humans end up more on one side of that spectrum than the other. Right. Um, and so in the same way, like if you, are, are engaging with someone just as an example, who's younger, newer in their faith, are, are you putting such high expectations on mm-hmm. their understanding of not just committing to something, but all the whys and hows and that kind of stuff? Are you expecting them to go what took you three years to, mm-hmm. to figure out? Are you expecting them to go all in, in, in day one? Yeah. Maybe there's some freedom or again, some, some grace that might need to be extended there rather than coming on too strong with the, the, the mandatory commitment or the, the hardline truth with no grace kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think you even see that played out 
in the way that Jesus made disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the dramatic moment where he's like, hey, leave your, <laughs> leave your boat and your nets, come follow me. But then there's, he doesn't come to them and like, hey, and so these are the 20 things I need you to be committed to. And the 30 tenets of faith that you definitely need to uphold and recite, like that's not part of that invitation that he gives. He's, he calls them to, to follow Jesus, to follow himself, and he calls them to have a transformed identity. But then all along the way, he's being very patient with them. And we all know because of the gospel, Jesus' commitment to them is so much bigger. I mean, he's committed to death and resurrection for them. But if Jesus is committed to death and resurrection for the people in our communities, then we can be committed to them. (laughs) You know, it's like through their, you know, weirdness and strengths and all Mm -hmm. all of the above. Yeah. And you even see if I can, if I can not humanize Jesus because he was fully man, but, but in some of the, the, the fully man moments, like you see him having the same conversation over and over and over again with the apostles, with the disciples. Mm-hmm. What are you talking right. about? Well, we're talking about who's the greatest. Well, let me tell you about who's the greatest and what that actually looks like. And then you see a few chapters later, like, what are y'all talking about? Well, it turns out we're talking about who's going to sit next to you in the kingdom right. of heaven. <laughs> let me tell you. About it. And, and then at some point you even see, uh, which apparently means that not all frustration is sinful, because it seems that, that the way this, the Gospels are written, Jesus gets frustrated and goes, look, you faithless generation. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me tell you about greatness. And, and, and again, maybe he can get frustrated in a way that I can't. I feel like when I get frustrated, I'm sinful <laughs> very often. Yeah. But you see, kind of joke aside, like you see, like the the patient conversation and right the, the irony of Peter saying, "You are the Christ, the Messiah," and then the next phrase, Jesus saying to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan!" And right, and so there is that that commitment. But I wonder, I wonder if this is where we're going in this conversation. Like commitment is less about calling people to something, and more mm. about you know what Romans talks about, what Paul talks about in Romans of if you are more mature then just be patient and be gracious and mm-hmm. be long suffering with essentially be committed to those who, who are not as quote unquote mature or experienced in their right. faith. Um, so maybe commitments less about calling people to something immediately and, and more about mm-hmm. entering in with them and helping graciously, slowly, even at times bringing, bringing them along. Yeah. And that sort of calling them to, to it might sound cheesy, but uh, instead of calling them to do something, but calling them to to believe in someone, right, mm-hmm. and to to be to be pointing them towards Jesus, who will make them fishers of men. Yeah, and I think that that is such a huge piece, and uh, and I think that that even gives to the the freedom that the disciples will experience as well. If yeah. if your love or your leadership or your community is contingent on people obeying. Uh, like, if you obey, then you can be part of this community. If you do the plan, then you will be loved by me as a fellow disciple. Uh, then there, there is zero freedom for anybody in that situation. That's actually, that sounds a lot like bondage or a lot like the, a, a false gospel or legalism. If you obey, then you're loved. I think that, that people experience so much freedom when they know that they are loved uh, regardless of their obedience or regardless of their you know abilities and i think people know that they're loved when people are continually calling them to experience more and more of jesus yeah we had this painful rec- realization several years ago in portland that 
we were calling people to be Puritans, like missional Puritans, you know, like this joyless, hardcore Navy SEAL Christianity. And we would even in our welcome meetings, or if we'd have, you know, I'd go have coffee with a new person in our missional community, and I'd sit down with them and be like, so this is going to be so hard. A lot of people can't cut it. Like, we'll see if you guys can cut it and stick it out, you know. And we were calling people, and we did get a lot of people who were up for being Green Beret Christians, you know, like, yeah, you know, like the, the prideful just like me. And then we realized that, like, when that wasn't working, we try to, like, swing to this other end of the spectrum, this, like, Joel Osteen version of, like, hey, we're just happy you're here. Like, we all are terrible. And we were still calling ourselves, calling people to us. It just wasn't our hardcoreness. It was, you know, we're calling people to our, what we felt was, like, graciousness. And then I think we're sort of collectively just blown away by what Jesus continually said, which was come and die, but also alongside come and die, he said, come and drink, come and taste and thirst no more, hunger no more, experience abundant life. That those, those are like parallel things that Jesus is speaking to people. Come experience the most abundant life you've ever had. It will never get better than a life with me, life as it was intended, but also come and die, like pick up your cross, follow me, sell all your possessions, like leave all of your other identities behind. And and that was both with Jesus. Because my burden is light. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which gets back to, so we talked about gospel uh, two podcasts ago last time, identity. And and so it, it really is like, the only the only way that Jesus's burden is light, or that we find a, find the abundance of that kind of stuff, is not calling people to a massive to do list. Or here, here's what mm-hmm. here, here's what this has to look like, because that is not a light burden. That's a heavy, large, often man made burden. But if we can call people to your point of, mm-hmm. of drinking deeply at the the fountain and well that is Jesus, um, that then, then all of a sudden the freedom comes and. You're going, yeah, there's a ton of spirit led creative ways to carry out this one specific principle. Mm-hmm. Is, so, just use a, a common one in our world. Like the, the concept of shared mission is, is one that, that we talk about a mm-hmm. lot in our, in our local church. You know, and some of the some of the examples that are out there are very much everyone everyone has to be all lock arm, proactively engaging this one specific mm-hmm. people group or school or organization or, or neighborhood or that kind of stuff. And what what we found is if if we call people to a specific definition of of shared mission, then what we're doing is putting a burden on some of them that maybe a few have a spirit led good excitement mm-hmm. for, but that others are kind of forced into. And frankly, we've had to be creative just to, to <laughs> move to the practical side of things. Like we live near a university, and so for several years, you know, some of our community was involved in the university as students or staff or professors or that kind of stuff. And so that part of our community could, could kind of easily navigate uh, the university with, with a lot of like reason for being there. If we were saying shared mission has to look like we all engage proactively, then like we come up against campus security. who's like, Hey, the other half of you, we're going to politely ask you to leave campus because you have no legitimate reason to be here. And we're charged with keeping (laughs) students in campus safe. And so we were kind of caught in this place of like, Oh, okay. So the commitment is one to like we want to share and support each other's mission. Some of the paradigm that we had for that in our early days couldn't happen without then you know trying to go around security and that sort of stuff. And felt like, well, that may not be 
at least for our culture, the most appropriate. <laughs> um, we had to go like, yeah. how can we think creatively about this, support those, share mission with those who are proactively engaged on campus while being okay and feeling the freedom for not everyone to, to be able to wander onto campus at their, at their whim or will. How can we support right. one another? How can we, you know, invite those who live in our neighborhood to engage, you know, through, through hiring babysitters from those who are on campus, even if they can't walk on campus, they can still build a relationship, but a little less of a proactive way, a little more of a behind the scenes, occasional kind of way. Yeah. So just, again, that's, that's one maybe overused example, but shared mission can look a thousand different ways. The call is to realize that yeah. Jesus first did everything that you just described a few moments ago, Brad, and more, not only for his apostles, but for us. And and mm-hmm. if we believe to the identity piece that, that we are called to be missionaries, then, then, man, I don't know if there's a cap on the number of creative ways that we can be a community right. on mission together. Because we're not devoted to a specific right. model of shared mission we're, we're devoted to Jesus and we're devoted to, to live out yeah. who he's made us to be. And there's a thousand mm-hmm. different ways that can look even within one local church or a few different ways it can look maybe sometimes within one local community. Yeah. And I think that then, you know, the, the leader, if you're a leader out there, the, the role becomes like, you do have to point people in a direction. It's super important, but I think it, it is like navigating through, you know, what, what sort of, rails do people need to to be faithful and what what's god calling you to in a season as a collective and then thinking through creatively well like how are we gonna how are we gonna be committed to what god's called us all to uh for this next season uh much more than it is sort of getting this template from heaven and then you know telling people do this or or get out uh and so you know for sometimes for us that's been we've come and said hey we need everyone to be committed to helping clean up our house when this is over. Uh, that's just something we need. Like it's, it's part of, part of being in a community, you know, you can just move a chair, like whatever it is, but we need everyone to help. We need, uh, we also want everyone to be here when we're here. Like let's, if you can, like we understand there's moments when you can't, like we're not going to keep track, but we're just going to let you know, like what we're doing when we're together is important. Like, and, and we would just like make a, a very small list. Like if it takes more than five minutes to explain what you're asking people to, to do with you, it's probably too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just to encourage people on the back end, like it is important to point people in a direction and, and call people to some obedient right. tasks and to do experiments and, you know, try like, Hey, let's this week, let's all try to like share a meal with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. And giving people the, the, well, giving people the spectrum on, on both of those examples. So it's, you know, here is what you serving us has to look like <laughs> versus, Hey, if you mm-hmm. want, you know, it'd be great if sometimes, you know, kind of stuff. And, and, and on my example, like here's what shared mission has to look like versus, you know, Hey, we can't do this all together. So just, just go figure it out. Like n- neither right. of those are, are, are great leadership or, or, or great community even of kind of kind of finding that tension of going okay it can't look like this but but let's Mm -hmm. talk about what it can look like and and there's part of the part of the devotion part of of diving into it and going okay we know what it can't look like and we know what legalism would call it to look like but let's enter in and see what what the spirit might be leading us to do to your point i love that you said like for the season because man it can change seasonally 
Okay. I do think, as a side note, that de- true devotion might cause us to go a little bit slower before we just jump ship onto new things. But he, yeah. he can do that, obviously, and, and has historically caused shifts in people. Yeah. But but I do think what we're both kind of trying to encourage is like there is this middle ground between absolutely nothing and, you know, shackles. <laughs> kind of going there's mm-hmm. a wisdom in saying here's let's figure it let's figure out prayerfully and creatively and looking at the why more than the what let's figure out together what this mm-hmm. can look like for a given season yeah that's good and uh and hopefully that's that's very encouraging to all the listeners out there and i think that one of the reasons we put this in the, the top of this series uh is because that's something that i've consistently seen uh, missional communities and particularly leaders struggle mm. with and and struggle to find the center of yeah and so hopefully that's that's super encouraging even i think it's kind of an application really of the gospel and identity uh normally we rush towards activities but there's actually this posture towards leadership that gospel and identity kind of yeah. reshapes where, where we're calling people to a commitment to a journey with us as we learn to follow jesus over calling people to a task or to a model. So one, one kind of final thing in closing, or from my perspective, because I know you're going to close this up <laughs> with grace and diligence. I think that one of the things that, that we, we get trapped in is feeling like, hey, because this is a story we heard, or maybe because this is how it was modeled for me when I was in a community before I went and started my own community, quote unquote, it's all God's community, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Therefore, it has to look like this story, or therefore, our mission has to look exactly like this other community. Or I have a friend who, as they talk about their mission at this church that's in a totally different culture than mine, that's how they do it. Therefore, and so again, like I, th- I think that just the you just said, we're not calling people to a model, mm-hmm. and I don't think that can be. I don't think that can be stated enough. What we're calling people to is. Uh, is Jesus and and a, a new life in Christ, and whether that takes place over one day in our minds, or whether that's one degree of glory to the next, that's how God works. Mm-hmm. And part of that change is is allowing us the freedom to go. Okay, who am I, and who is our community? Where has God put me and us at this moment in history and at this specific place in time? And that may lead any of our communities to do something that looks totally different than anything we've ever heard of even, but rather than relying on some human that we've seen or heard, um, instead relying on mm-hmm. Jesus uh, to lead us through the power of the Spirit into what he has for us uh, is a far, far better place and helps us in that tension of commitment versus freedom. Absolutely. That is a good wrap. I, can, I don't know if I can do it any more gracious or diligently than that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and so everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of the Saturate podcast. Uh, we really enjoy having these conversations and, and letting you uh, you all listen in. And hopefully they're encouraging, edifying, uh, even uh, challenging as we're all trying to learn what it means to, to follow Christ, to seek his kingdom in the places and, and around the people that God's put us with. And uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed the podcast, uh, give us a like on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, share it with your friends. All of that helps us. Uh, be found a little bit and the reason we ask you to do that is we really do believe that these conversations are pretty crucial for people's development maybe even more than books i don't know ben we both like writing books but maybe these conversations are better uh so yeah help people find us and as always send us questions thoughts or share your own stories in light of this with us 
uh, you can write us at hello at saturatetheworld.com. Uh, you can also connect <laughs> with us on is social that, media. Does hello have a question mark? <laughs> yeah. Hello, no question mark at saturatetheworld.com. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll talk again real soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.